0: Thank you.
1: Welcome back to another week of Rock Me Dead. My name is Errol Parker, and with me here as well is Wendell Hussey. And Wendell, great weekend of rugby action, and we're only... Seven sleeps away. I think by the time this goes to air, maybe six yeah, sleeps five. away from the big dance.
2: Yeah, a few sleeps away from the big dance here and over in New Zealand, which um, I'm looking forward to, particularly after the last couple of days of footy. Um, looking forward to a couple of more exciting games with
1: everything on the line, I reckon. Yeah, mate, are you going to be heading down with me on Friday? Down I certainly
2: Brisbane? will, mate. I'll be there. Oh, yeah. I'll be
1: one of the uh, 50,000 screaming the Queenslanders on Saturday night when they take on the Brumbies there. You'll hold the plane? I'll hold the plane for you, mate, and I'll be one of uh, a thousand or so screaming Territorians down there. (laughs) uh, Screaming my lungs out for uh, what I think has been the fairy tale story of the Australian Conference. I think the Brumbies have really shown, you know, what you can do when you actually put your mind to it and you build a strong rugby culture. And I think uh, they're starting to... uh, Reap the rewards.
2: Yeah, it's a real underdog tale, isn't it? The Brumbies finally making it to the final. They get a chance to take down the all conquering Reds and they they brush aside, you know, the, the rich boys from the West, Twiggy's rich boys in the Western Force.
0: The Brumbies do it the hard way, but they are through to the big one next week. Full time here at GIO Stadium. The Brumbies 21, the Western Force 9.
2: It was a real game of shutting down, wasn't it? It was finals footy. I reckon it was. that's what it was. It was pretty boring footy. If if it wasn't for a spot in the grand final, yeah, you would say it's it's that was boring footy. That wasn't the most enticing thing to watch on a Saturday night. Twenty one to nine. No, uh, I think there was six or seven penalty goals kicked in the game. A couple of tries. Wasn't heaps of running rugby in it. But when it's all to play for, when you're playing for a spot in the grand final, and you're playing for the fairy tale, like the Brumbies were. You can understand that they um, tried to keep it a bit tight. Yeah,
1: but in saying that, look, I know that there's lots of rugby fans that turn to mm-hmm. things like podcasts to get you know more technical analysis of what the game was and all these things like that. I'm not really from a, a technical rugby school of no, thought. Me I think y- if you overanalyze these games too much, you kind of take the magic out of it, and that's one thing that this sport has in spades: is that games can turn on their heads. Mm-hmm. You know, in a matter of seconds, there is. An element of... I'm not sure what it is. I know people call it X-Factor. They call it magic. They call it things like that. But I think if you get too bogged down in how things are technical and you try to analyse things from a technical lens, I mean, you kind of go back to, you know, being the Wallabies from 2013, mm. you know, just can anyone go back then and say that the Wallabies were in a good place then? I I, no, I, I, I don't not. think... They can, and that was, I'd say, at the height of their technical mm. analysis, technical of the sport. prowess. Yeah, look, I'll get
2: as close to technical as we will today, and say, how fucking good is Tom Wright? Yeah, look, he's pretty good. Um, a rugby league winger. That's that's what I reckon he is. He's a rugby league winger and a rugby league winner. He gets the ball in his hands close to the sideline. And he takes boys on and he finds a way to score tries. And that is something that in rugby union I think is seriously underrated. I love the way he just shimmied for one of his tries there and then just went bang and took him on. Looking really strong, Tom Wright. He could have actually had three tries. That little grubber that he picked up somehow with his left hand and pulled it in and then got it down. That was great rugby league winger play. Unlucky that he just touched the sideline. But I'm I'm very excited to see
1: him in Wallaby's colours again because I think he's, he's the finisher that the green and gold need. Well, parts of that I do agree with Wendell, but, you know, he played 70 minutes and at the end of the 70 minutes he was fucked. Mm. And unfortunately for Tom, there's another 10 minutes plus a little bit of uh, hit and giggle time if, you know, someone does their back or something. and they. But you've got to be, as a back, you've got to be able to play the whole game. Mm, That's just, fair just, enough. just as simple maybe, as that.
2: Maybe they were just trying to get some minutes into the legs of the reserve back just in case something went wrong, because there were a couple of big injuries in that game with Falafanga, uh, James Slipper, and Pete Samu all going down, and they're apparently in serious doubt of playing this weekend. So maybe they were just trying to conserve his legs, get someone maybe. else in there, get yeah, someone prepped look, up well, if something
1: happens. Yeah, look, it just doesn't sit well with me, you know. Fair just. enough.
2: Um, how about the drums, by the way, down in Canberra? Yeah, those you know, in the was, crowd. Yeah, it was almost like we were down there watching the Raiders. Mm. They weren't you know. quite clapping, were they? Maybe the Brumbies could get no. around. What could the Brumbies' version of the Viking clap be? Uh, no, Viking cough. Viking cough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah, something like that. Love those drums beating. I'm not sure who brings them down or. No. I'm not sure if they're the drums of war that we've been hearing so much about down in Canberra over the last couple of days. I know they've been banging on about the drums of war in Canberra. I think that's maybe to do with China or whatever, but they yep. sounded like the drums of war, certainly, yeah, for the well, Force fans. They don't play rugby in China, mate, so God help them. <laughs> they August. do in Taiwan, though, I believe. So they? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Big, big rugby fans in Taiwan, so I think that's maybe
1: why we... I think they're calling Taiwan now North, North New Zealand.
2: Yeah, that's why we've uh, hitched our wagon to to the Taiwanese, I think, there, potentially. But anyway, hopefully someone brings those drums up to Suncorp, maybe give the Brummies a little bit of a chance of getting some support amongst those rabid, rabid 50,000 Queenslanders that they're hoping to get on Saturday night. Hunter Basami's out done. They reckon he's a month out with a bit of a facial injury, so no 100 plus army. That's a big loss for the
1: Reds It is on Saturday night. Yep, it'll be a battle of the benches somewhat, I'd mm. say. Who's got the depth, do you reckon?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I think the crucial forward injuries for the Brumbies might be uh, might be something that they'll be pretty concerned about going up against the Reds. The Reds, the last couple of times they've played, the last three times they've played, Brumbies have shot out to huge leads, and then the Reds have just reeled them in. The maturity yeah. of James O'Connor... All that sort of stuff. So it'd be interesting to see how hard the Reds go in the first twenty minutes to just not basically concede two or three tries and a couple of penalty goals early, and then have to chase the game because they'll chase this, it. Maybe this obviously. will be the game that they don't chase. You know, they just they just fall just short like they did in the final last year. <laughs> Who knows? Brumbies coach um, Dan McKellar, I heard yeah. he was talking. He was talking a little bit of little bit of shit, some passive aggressive kind of shit, maybe about the Reds.
0: Yeah, Dave, well, did you say that? I did see that, yeah. So he's talking about the Reds. He said, they're everyone's favorite child at the moment, and there's a lot of people who would love Queensland to win the competition. All the pressure's on them, really. They've been saying it's their time. James O'Connor's been saying it. Harry Wilson's been saying it's their time. We will see at 7.45 on Saturday if it is their time.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's a bit sad when especially coaching staff, let themselves be drawn into these types of things where this is, you know, it's something that is created by the media, you know, Mm. to drum it up. But, you know, that's what this game needs. It it needs needs a bit of clicks. Absolutely needs it. But I can't see Brad Thorne getting involved in this. I mean, you you know, he's a bit of a no-nonsense guy. Mm. Um, You know, I can't see him, you know, it's not very, you know, what would Jesus do? He wouldn't. He he wouldn't bite back. Turn the other cheek. He would would let his coaching abilities do the talking, and I think that's what Brad's going to do.
2: There's also the Chiefs and the Crusaders going toe-to-toe on Saturday night. That'll be the curtain raiser for that game, which is pretty exciting. Obviously, the Crusaders have been pretty underwhelming for their standards. Chiefs will be going there with the curly-headed farm boy, Damian McKenzie. Will he be smiling on Saturday night? Who knows? I
1: certainly hope so. I'm going to be behind the Chiefs 100% because yeah, no, I think fine. essentially you can only really go for the Crusaders if you're from the South Island. I mean, really. Mm. I mean, that otherwise, there is absolutely no other reason why.
2: Yeah, unless you're a massive bandwagoner and you're one of those people. Exactly. Like American sports fans who just like yeah. teams that are winners and, yeah.
1: and players that are Anyone winners. Anyone who goes for the New England Patriots.
2: Yeah, very gross,
1: very, very gross
2: So that'll be nice to watch Apparent. with a few beers beforehand Then rolling into yep. Suncorp Stadium on Saturday
1: night Well, I like the way that they've done this I mean, it's good to get two good games back-to-back Which I know this season has been few and far between They've mm. been pretty one-sided most games Save for a couple of you know heated clashes between, say, Rebels and the Force mm. It was always a good game there You know, and then you got, you know, the Waratahs versus themselves. That was always a good little game to watch, (laughs) you know. A little bit of mental cat and mouse.
2: Yes, who's going to win it? Who's going to lose it?
1: Yeah, who's going to win this game? Who's going to lose it? And guess what? It was always the fucking Waratahs that lost. They always found a way to lose their game. Yeah. yeah. So what are you looking forward to most out of this uh, Super Rugby Arteroa final, Wendell? And I'm looking forward to the Chiefs absolutely giving it to them. I
2: reckon they've got a bit of an underdog team compared to the Crusaders, and I'd love to just see them defeat the machine.
1: They've got nothing to lose either. You know
2: what I mean? It's They are the machine, the Crusaders, so it would be nice to just see the rebel forces that are the um, Waikato Chiefs giving it to them and finding a way to win. Obviously, I think there'll be concerns if they do that because they might bounce back hard in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, mm-hmm. or maybe, as I've been saying the whole time, the Crusaders are just on the decline and this is just another nail in their coffin.
1: And... The Crusaders don't do well after having a week off. No. Historically have struggled to win games after a week off. That's when they're at their weakest. And both finals will be live on Stan. So if you're at home, tune in.
2: Mm. If you can't make it down there on Saturday night,
1: if you're in the
2: Developers Republic of Sydney or places like that or over in the Golden West, tune in to Stan Sport. I'm sure the coverage
1: will be as good as it's been all season long. Looking
2: forward to Michael Checker firing up. Crystal something. clear
1: picture. hmm You know, it's some good commentary for once, you know. Yeah, it's not, yeah. you know, one-eyed gibberish that we're no. used to with Fox.
2: Exciting stuff from Sean Maloney there. So it'll be good. Tune in. Enjoy the footy. Mm. And the Chiefs, they but did chase. The play. Chiefs did get flogged. The though. Chiefs got flogged, but they played their essentially B slash C string team. Yeah. Which um they actually almost beat the Blues. Like until the last 15 to 20 minutes, they
1: could have yeah, rolled the Blues there. I don't know. And they'll have one last go try to finish it off in a bit of style Knock away to the right sit tutu lamb he's in for a second aj lamb with the finish score blowing out now perhaps a little unkindly to the chiefs but it's 39 to 19 yeah you know well like if it wasn't you know for the likes of Bryn gatlin 12 points off his boot i mean it would have been a You know, a bit of a dead rubber, if you ask me. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, it was interesting that the Blues, they were hyping themselves up on social media after. After the win, they posted a photo with the final try and they said sending the Chiefs back to put the L in Hamilton, which is um, an (laughs) interesting but weird sledge. As I said, don't mind these teams kind of engaging in a little bit of niggle on social media, hyping things up a little bit. But also, like, the Chiefs are playing a B and C string side because they beat you and they're in the final and you're not in the final. So it seems kind of weird that you're like being
0: cocky and getting into them given that like they beat you and (laughs) they fucking are playing in the final and you're not. (laughs) It's also big talk coming from a team whose name literally has the word lose in it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I saw, there yeah. Was a, there I saw someone comment on it actually saying yeah we're also going to put the L back in final which is I know mm-hmm. yeah an interesting play from the Blues look I had they keep it up I think it's good for the game having a bit of um, having a bit of beef in there
1: yeah and another out and out blinder from Caleb Clark it's always good to see that the blues do well when you know some of them are more talented players just get the ball and immediately mm. turn it over. Yeah, yeah. He shouldn't have cut that hair. He should not have no. cut the hair.
2: I like the ratty, big fan of the ratty, but something's, something's changed, which I think is a good sign for uh, our Wallabies going into the Bledisloe at the end of the year. But before the Blues and the Chiefs game, there was the inaugural Super Rugby Wahine game, which had some sensational footy play. Put a puts
1: it to the toe, it goes out made on Eden Park. It is
2: the Chiefs 39, the Blues 12 in the first ever women's super rugby match. Chiefs women beat the Blues women 39-12 in what was really a pretty good display of running rugby, really. Both teams absolutely going for it and loving being out there in front of the TV cameras um, in what was a pretty kind of meh week for the super rugby LTRL boys. I think these, these two sides really lit it up and you have to wonder when the next games are going to be. You know what I mean? Like this was just yeah. a one-off one from the Blues and the Chiefs. The um, the other sides haven't done anything over there. They surely need to sort something out. Like we need to sort something out here. Apparently our... Um, Super W competition The women haven't been told yet When the competition's going ahead They keep getting <laughs> told That the competition's going ahead It's going ahead But nothing's been organised We were supposed to have a World Cup At the end of this year Which has been pushed back well, It was a in year. August wasn't it? Yeah it was supposed to be in August And that's been pushed back a year Now
1: yeah.
2: How can we not have a Super W competition? It doesn't have to be 15 to 20 rounds to start off with But you look at NRLW You look at AFLW yeah. How have we not got something going on? You
1: know what I mean? I know, but look, just going back to the uh, Super Rugby Wahine game, they didn't leave anything on the field. I was pretty impressed. Like mm. they, they were hitting each other real hard. Oh, big time! That shocking. Reynolds
2: for the Chiefs, my God, she she's yeah. scary. She just was putting just, some big shots on, carrying the ball hard, just destroying the breakdown as well. Yeah, well, look, um, I think
1: that game of rugby was far better than a lot of games of you know male rugby mm. I've seen especially in the Australian conference yeah yeah for, this oh, season undoubtedly I mean,
2: it was an interesting sledge at the end of the game actually oh, really quick yeah yeah really quick it was it was an incredible standard of footy considering that was the first yeah. super rugby wahine game that we've seen that was like that was a really really good standard of footy i thought and it shows that they needs to be more money pumped into this and it needs to be a regular thing that's run every season both in New Zealand and here it was an interesting sledge at the end of the game where they said that concludes the first ever game of women's super rugby which um, I know the Kiwis, they're very progressive. They're usually ahead of us on most things. You know, in terms of the women's right to vote, they beat us there by a couple of years. But selling out to China. Yeah, yeah, they beat us there to that one. But this one that they're trying to claim that they had the first ever Super W game or the Super Rugby game for women, not true. We've had it here for three years. Waratahs, women, triple title holders, they've won every competition, but we have had it here for the last three years. So... Maybe just settle down a little bit, Kiwis. We've actually beaten you on this
1: one, okay? Well, in the scheme of things, Lyndall, I think them stealing this from us kind of mm. evens out all the things that we've stolen from New Zealand in the past. Yeah. Namely, you know, most of their celebrities, a lot of their sports players come over here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know I I think we'll let them have this one. Yeah. Okay. I mean Fair they've right. got fuck they, all else, don't they? No,
2: no they don't have too much else. I guess it's probably nothing, but it just just a little something Scott. that I thought, you know, just Really had to steep hills. Correct the record. Yeah, cold weather. They got the filming of Lord of the Rings, that's pretty good. That's, yeah. that's much better than something like say Mad Max or
1: Australia or Red Dog. Well, we've got Underbelly. They don't yeah, have Underbelly. They well, cou- we they did. Could. I guess we have run out of crimes to glorify in this country now, so Now it's, it's just true crime. Yep. Now it's just
2: just plain old true crime. They yep. don't really need to dramatize it too much. But yes, let's get a women's competition happening over in New Zealand and here. Uh, we need to pump some money into it. I know that there's plans for an international competition at the end of next year, the World um, World Fifteen, where there'll be like tiers of you know Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, England, and then there'll be tiers of Fiji and Samoa, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we need something a bit more serious before then in terms of the we domestic We do, mate. We just need
1: to twist the arms of those grey-haired septuagenarians mm. on the board try and get some money out of them but you know
2: yeah and we will talk about the grey-haired boomers on the boards of our various unions in a minute because we're going to talk about those private equity deals that have been proposed but we'll quickly wrap up <laughs> the um the round of kiwi rugby with hurricanes and highlanders
1: who and manages to bang it into touch and that is the final whistle here at Sky Stadium in Wellington. A free-flowing game, niggly at times, but the Hurricanes finish their campaign on a high note by winning 41-22.
2: 41-22, Hurricanes rolled them. They haven't had much luck this season, so good, I guess, for them to get a win. Really just a, a game of just throwing the ball around, not really giving too much shit It was, shit it was like a
1: big game of park footy. Was mm-hmm. It was just, you know, people just having, you know, a bit of hit and giggle before, you know, they have to really hunker down, get, you know, trained up, get their ball skills working, get their match fitness so they can come over here and systematically dismantle the Waratahs. Yeah, on, or on just get shut out, of their game.
2: or just get shut out by the force and have the force kick like six or seven penalty goals and a couple of tries and win by a, you know a thirty-one to ten margin because they've just shut down the um, the Kiwi running style of footy, you know that that yeah. hard-nosed defensive line getting up in their faces and shutting down their game. But it was fun to watch. It was, was fun, fun to watch. You know, um, there was another interesting comment from the commentators over there in New Zealand. They were saying Ash Dixon, the hooker for the Highlanders, is the best hooker in the world. At scoring rolling mall tries. Cool. Like I
1: okay. Mean, I mean Okay. Yeah. Uh, fine. Really I don't I don't dispute that. I think that's probably right. Is it? I mean Flowerfly Anger scores a fuckload of tries. That's true, but you know, in the the wise words of Phil Kearns, mm. who gives a fuck?
2: Now we should talk about uh, these private <laughs> equity deals that are getting tossed around. New Zealand led the charge on this one. They're talking about selling to Salt Lake, which is some big American equity company, private equity firm, I believe yeah. it is. How much are they selling for, Dave? It's
0: 3 uh, 387.5 million. Right.
2: For how uh, much of that um, would come to us? Well, we're going to do our separate one with a right. consortium, which I believe is Twiggy Forest is involved with as well. But their New Zealand one, 12.5%. All the players' unions want it, but apparently the players are concerned because they think that things like the Haka are going to get commercialized. <laughs> which.
1: <laughs> Whoops, that might have happened, you know, what, about yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah, but uh, yeah, look. A little bit late. Look, look. I think this is going to go through. I mean, if there's one thing that Kiwis love, it's you know, it's someone else's money. Mm. Um, so there was always going to be people who are going to be resistant to, to things like this. But to think that you know, New Zealand is you know the home of the purest air and the purest rugby. League, mm. I don't think that's true. I think this is going to go ahead. New Zealand rugby is going to. Pump so much money into their game, and who knows that they might become the new home. I mean, people might be coming from Europe to play in mm. New Zealand. That would be exciting, and hopefully, a lot will go into grassroots and stuff as well. You get the women's comp we were talking
2: about as well. Apparently, but they here, valued the All Blacks at two point nine billion dollars.
1: Yep, which is good on them. Interesting. How much did they value um, the Wallabies at? The Wallabies at?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think like maybe. Four Four or five cases of Waikato draft and a couple of packet of Siggies, maybe that's what they valued Wallabies at. I think.
1: Well, yeah. Well, if you, that's the Kiwis. Well, if you believe what they say, we were almost going to go back to, you know, rugby union in this country being amateur.
2: Yeah, which Ooh. I mean, I was actually surprised when I read that story because I thought rugby union was amateur in places like New South Wales at the moment. So I was a bit shocked to learn that it's actually it is professional down there.
1: Well, yeah, it it is, it is professional there, but, you know, they're not earning good money. They're nah. earning money, you know, on par with a newspaper journalist. Yeah, yeah, which
2: won't buy you a house in the eastern suburbs or Nothing the north shore will, of mate. Sydney. Nothing yeah. will buy
1: you a house in that congested, smoke-ridden shithole, but, you know.
2: So we are considering doing the same thing as New Zealand rugby, which yep. I believe will sell... 10 to 15 percent of the that's cool. Yeah, I don't mind that. And I'd sell 49 percent, get the money in. Yeah, well, because we lost 27 million dollars last year, I think, because of COVID, obviously. <laughs> but Hamish McLennan's saying that the that things are looking up, that we shouldn't be posting losses going forward. So, if private equity are interested, then you know, we can grow the game yeah. exponentially going forward, which it feels like it's a good time to grow footy, you know, new lease on life, all that it sort of is. stuff.
1: Well, Hamish is in a unique position where he's got the opportunity where he can be seen as the hero, as, mm. as the father of modern Australian rugby, or he can go down in history as just another, you know, Bill Pulver. Yeah.
2: Now, on big signings, yep. a couple of signing stories we're touching on this week, Pablo Matera going to the Crusaders, the Argentinian captain and back rower,
1: Yeah. and... Has no, a bit of a checkered past, you know. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. yeah, yeah. Checkered past. As, if you don't know this, he, um, about nine or ten years ago, he uh, tweeted some incredibly uh, offensive and, 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 very and racist, racist things. Yeah. Basically went through, you know, what you do um, from a crisis PR standpoint. Apologised, deleted the tweets, copped uh, a fine, lost his captaincy, lost his position in Los Pumas. Mm-hmm. Six months later, back in Los Pumas, (laughs) (laughs) not the captain, you know, things are all, things are trucking along okay, and then, you know, now that he's coming back down to the southern hemisphere to play God's Winner game, this has come back up, but look, yeah, you would probably be more at home, you know, Playing for Collingwood or something, but you know. Yeah, I believe Collingwood did
2: try and sign Pablo. They said his cultural values are something that they really look for in a player, and he would have been a great asset. Potentially looking at him as a future captain, even though he hasn't actually played AFL before. But he was also being looked at by the Waratahs. Apparently, the Waratahs. I wonder how to much they him. threw at him. I reckon they would have thrown every single cent available at him, and um, it's pretty interesting that he's probably going to the Crusaders on not very much money.
1: But it has had you know a very Kiwi response to him going there is, is, is the fact that which I think is valid you know which I don't really appear on the same page as you know most Kiwis even though I am eligible for a Kiwi passport they were concerned that him coming there would take the position away from a homegrown footy star coming up through the ranks and yeah I think that's a pretty valid concern and given the fact that you know he's he's not really you know a poster boy for what you should be as a uh, as a rugby <laughs> union player, but look, I don't know. It but just it just goes back to what I was saying about Kiwis just you know chasing the buck.
2: Yeah, chasing the buck, chasing the W. They're not too fuss about that no. sort of stuff. I mean, there's also that whole debate around the Crusaders potentially changing their name. Um,
1: so it's interesting that they're going and signing a guy like Matira. Uh, I think that was like of all the things in this world that was never going to happen. Mm. That was the least. <laughs> Probable thing that was going to happen. The Crusaders were never going to change their name. It was just for optics. Yeah, yeah. They had to do. Like the, everything in the to do. it was just for the optics. Yeah, yeah. They had to do their reports,
2: acknowledge them, look at them, and then go, oh, yep, sorry, we're actually going to make yep, a decision yep, to do yep, as
1: public discussion moved on from this, okay, let's just, you know, oh, yeah. quietly move on. Yeah. So Matera will be
2: another one who got away from the Waratahs that we'll talk about. Now, there's been a meme that has um, been going around all the rugby groups over the last little while that Dave, you spotted. About the Waratahs missing out on all these elite NRL players Oh yeah, I saw this
0: Yeah, I mean someone's done a bit of a job here and photoshopped all the league players heads onto Waratahs jerseys And (laughs) (laughs) it's got 11 of them here and their kind of connection to rugby and gee, it would have been a good Waratahs team. Mm. Got.
1: Who did the Waratahs miss out on, Dave?
0: Well, according to these guys, I mean, it might not have all been a Waratahs development, but oh, schoolboys yeah. rugby and his, stuff like that. Here's his, so his is list. There's mm. Cameron Murray from South, Angus yeah. Crichton, obviously. That's probably yeah. the one everyone knows about.
1: One of the great chins.
0: Yeah, Ryan Pappenhausen, Luke Oof. Keary, <sighs> Joseph Suwali, obviously, Connor Watson, mm. Jadwuri Hargraves even, shuck a forward in there. <laughs> Adam Dewey playing for the Tigers. Toby Rudolph, who was actually a Scots boy. Um, yeah, he's now right. playing for the Sharks. Uh, Bailey Simonson, who I believe played a bit of sevens for New Zealand. Now he's at the Raiders. Um, and Tyson Frizzell, whose brother has played for, for the All yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting list. Obviously, some elite guys there. I kind of feel like this is a bit... Rugby union clickbaity like it is. You know Just because you play A couple of years of footy In school Doesn't mean like You were going to go To the Waratahs And the Waratahs Missed out on you They obviously missed out On Angus Crichton And maybe they missed out On some of these other guys But like a lot of these footy players go to those big schools, and they, you know, they play footy there, yeah. and then they always go to rugby league. Like you tell me, Adam yeah. Dewey was ever going to sign for the Waratahs?
1: Yeah, and you think that JWH was, you know, <laughs> stinging to be a Wallaby? I don't think so.
2: Yeah, well,
1: you know, I mean, he, he could have been the
2: Quade Cooper of the forwards. There, there
1: are a lot of people like this. I mean, another one that comes to mind would be NRL journeyman Michael Oldfield. Mm. You know, he was an out-and-out footballer. Mm. He could have been an elite outside centre for the Wallabies and the Moratars you know what I mean I mean you see him score those tries a couple years ago for the Raiders he's just running over the top of people yeah he's fast he's a demolition machine these types of lists just don't do the game any good at all I mean it's just it's like saying you know what would the world be like if the Axis won World War 2
2: yeah it didn't happen, and it wasn't going to happen. didn't happen. So, Who knows?
1: And no one wants to think about that because the world would be fucked.
2: Yeah. We wouldn't be here recording a rugby podcast out in the Channel Country, I no. don't think.
1: But I'll tell you what we would have. What? Our guns. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they would
2: have never been <laughs> taken away from us.
1: Around town, another bye week for the mutts. Uh, it's a last-minute forfeit from mm. the boys at Junda, which is a bit disappointing, but that's really what the state of... Uh, Bush footy is at the moment. Just let us know tough. on Friday night. I know. Like,
2: it's not the end of the world if there's a forfeit, but don't be doing it at fucking nine thirty on a Saturday, you know what I mean?
1: I know, but look, it's just the nature of, mm. of playing footy out here in this part of the world. When something comes up, you know, you've got to jump on it. And those mm-hmm. boys down at Junda had a bit of rain. They had to move some cows to Highland. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, fair enough. Yeah,
2: I guess so. Well, look, we had a good enough day of it down there on Saturday at the clubhouse. So it was all right. Made up for a little bit of lost time. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully building this week against uh, against Bullia Desperately, desperately need a win. We've only had a couple across the, the club to start the year. So. Yeah,
1: well, I think this week we're the ones that might have to forfeit. Because I know for a fact that a lot of boys who said they would be playing... Are actually heading down with me on the plane on Friday night, so mm. we'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
2: try and endeavour to let them know before Saturday morning. No, fuck um, it. Yeah, they are dogs. Actually, yeah, fuck <laughs> it. We'll just let them know at ten thirty on a Saturday morning. Yeah. All right then. Well, I think that'll do us for this week. It's this been week, mate. Yeah. Interesting kind of week of footy. Hopefully, uh, the two grand finals live up to the hype around them, and then we're straight into Super Rugby Trans Tasman with our Aussie teams. Um, Running right against some of these weaker, weaker Kiwi teams this year. So it's exciting to look forward to. Andrew Mertens will be joining us next week for a little bit of a preview
1: of Trans Tasman. Right, I'm um, glad that, you know, Super Rugby AU was just basically trial games. Mm. You know, this is, for me, this is when the season starts. This is the real deal. So hopefully we'll be talking to you after a
2: Reds and a Chiefs win. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the footy. Look forward to talking to you soon.
1: We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Yeah.